Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his peewee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet ya. His sidekick, who hails from Parts Unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at Galka, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin. Yeah, Dad, it, the season is over. You're, you're not listening to me. It's over. I, I know what you're seeing on TV, but trust me on a T, the season is over. It's, it's been over, okay? <laughs> All right, yeah, I, look, I, I'm podcasting. I got to go. All right, love you. Bye-bye. Hey, sorry about that, man. That was my dad. He has just started watching Game of Thrones, and he's convinced that new episodes are coming out, and I told him, no, the, the season is over. I should have mentioned series, but the, the, season was, the season's over. Okay, I, you, I, yeah, okay. Um, you did think I don't. I don't know what you thought I was talking about, but anyway, uh, welcome to, <laughs> welcome to the uh, episode eighteen of I'm not targeting, you're targeting, with your co-host Tom Sims. I'm Jason Tiffin, and we're going to jump right into word of the day because Tom has a, I'm sure, a humorous little snippet he would like to share. So let's get the word of the day. I don't even know if I can go the word of the day, say it without crying, because here it is. The word of the day is Ohana. And I learned this word Sunday because Tua tweeted out pictures uh, on Instagram of, or I guess he didn't tweet, I guess he Instagram pictures of himself with his teammates, you know, hospital bed. And, and uh, Ohana means family in Hawaii. And uh, that just really, you know, really touched me. So that's the word of the day. All right, Tom, take it away. Very nice. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know if I feel like doing this podcast after what we've been through the last two weeks, LSU tour. But nonetheless, I did have a. Uh, I did have a little funny this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> as most of you know, because I mention it every week, I was in my um, uh, knockout pool for college. We we went. Three, there were three of us left going into last weekend. And on Friday, uh, one, two of the three emailed us and said, Hey, do y'all want to split? I was like, uh, no. One of them had to pick an 11-point dog, but that's that's beside the point of the story. 
So uh, we said no, but we got to thinking. I was like, dang, why, why is the other guy wanting to split? If, if knowing that the third guy has to uh, pick an underdog, so it was like, hey, let's offer him some money, see if he, we can buy his sheet, you know. This pool yeah. is worth about $4,000 for the the winner. And so uh, so uh, we, we uh, or I emailed the, the Bryant, you know, who runs the pool, and I emailed yeah, him and yeah. said, you know, hey, Offer this guy. I'll offer this guy one thousand dollars for a sheet, and uh, you know if he takes it, we can hedge. We 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 make sure we win. You know for sure. So uh, I say I'll offer him a thousand bucks. Well, that was Friday evening. I said, but but make sure that he uh, make sure that he answers by ten a.m. on on Saturday. So I didn't hear anything uh, Saturday or Friday, and. Uh, Saturday morning, I was like, well, I better reach out to Bryant to see, you know, see if this guy's seen the email, see if, uh, you know, if we've got a deal or not. So mm-hmm. I couldn't find a number for Bryant. Uh, so I found an old number that may or may not be Bryant. He wasn't plugged in my phone. So I sent a text. I said, hey, Brian, it's Tom. Uh, just wondering if, uh, you know, Nick responded to the email Wanted to see where I stood with the game. You know, uh, let me know if this is your number. And so I, I let it sit there. Well, he didn't answer. Like an hour went by. No response. Then I got an email saying that uh, Nick had refused the offer. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And then 30 minutes after that, I got a text from Bryant, or from the number that I thought was Bryant, said, hey, uh, never heard from Nick. Uh... Never or say, yeah, this is my number. Never heard from Nick. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. I was like, uh, he said he hadn't heard from him. I was like, I've seen a bunch of those videos where people are going, you know, they are answering text, wrong number text, and acting like they're in the conversation, you know, and trying to catfish you, you know. So so (laughs) I'm going, this doesn't sound like Brian. I was like, uh, well, I said, "Are you sure that are you sure that he didn't respond?" I said, "You know, uh, it, it, I really need an answer on this." He's like, "Dude, he has not responded to me yet," and and I come back and I was like, "Well, that pisses me off. He owes me five hundred dollars, and I want to know what you're gonna do about it." <laughs> and so. Uh, and so a few minutes go by, and then he responds with, Hey, with respect, Tom, this is not my fight. I'm not in the middle of this. You're going to have to take that up with Nick. And so I started to go off again. I was like, ah, Man, let me send an email to Bryant just to make sure this ain't him before I hook, line, and sinker this dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, turns out Bryant had been drinking Saturday and forgot he had sent the email. <laughs> So it was Brian. I didn't know this till Monday morning. And so when I called, I called Brian on his work phone Monday morning. And I'm like, dude, was that you? I was texting. He's like, yeah, that was me. I was like, man, that sucks. I was like, I thought somebody was catfishing me. I was like, I was just kidding about Nick owing you money. He's like, really? He said, I thought maybe you had sent him money. I didn't call two or three people. My brother's trying to run him down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, call him off, call him off. Like, it, was, it was a joke. It was a joke. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> awesome. So I almost got uh, Nick whacked uh, <laughs> because I thought somebody was catfishing me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, I noticed you are in the final two, so congratulations on that. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, hopefully it'll go our way this week. We'll see. Yeah, maybe so. If you had any guts, you'll uh, go the opposite and uh, and try to double up. But I'm sure you'll uh, I'm sure you'll play it no, straight up and you. split the pot after both of you lose. Hello. But, uh, we're I'm sure we're already confusing the listeners. So let's jump right into ah, winners there losers. All right. You ready? You good with that? Uh, I, I I missed you there. For some reason, we had a technical difficulty. I didn't hear the last thing you said there. Yeah, I don't know. My internet's being really weird tonight. I don't. I'm having to having to jump off my um my hotspot. I said let's jump into winners. So we only had one winner this week. Uh, we were so distraught. Uh, couldn't really think of any other ones, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma <laughs> is a winner. Yeah, they won, but they're really to me a, a winner because Bama lost. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was in Cowdy Ugly the better part of the night after the Georgia-Auburn game, and when I got to Cowdy Ugly, my buddy's fiance texts and asked if we were watching, and we said no, and we flipped up our phones, and it was 28-3 to at the time, I believe that's what the score was. So needless to say, Oklahoma went on a tear, which is, you know, they're capable of doing that with the style of play they have. Hurts with a very impressive day, 297 passing, 114 rushing, four touchdowns. He has my Heisman vote, by the way. And um, fourth quarter tear. Uh, and, you know, basically, and this time last year, Tua was like minus 850, minus 650 to win the Heisman. Like it was his. And then people like Danny Connell's like, oh, let's let it play out. Let's, 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 you know, let's, let's see what Kyler Murray can do. Well, you know, now everybody's wanting to give it to Burrow. I, I need Connell to step up and say, hey, let's let it play out. Let's see what Hurts can do because I had a feeling that Hurts is going to throw up some numbers in these last few weeks, and Burrow might not. Burrow and them play, um, which they play Arkansas this week. They can name the score. But then they play A&M. That could be a dangerous game. And uh, and then they'll play Georgia, and Georgia's defense is phenomenal. But uh, did you watch Oklahoma game? I did, I did. <clears throat> they were – they were. Uh, uh, I, I thought they were dead in the water in the first half. I mean, it was, it was crazy. What were they, 31-10 and a half, something like that? It was bad, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, hey, Hertz, Hertz brought him back. I'll give him that, and and I agree with you. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. I've been I've been so distraught over the weekend. I hadn't even thought about uh, Heisman contention or anything. I've been sick about uh, Tua. So, uh, but you're right. Yeah, I, I, hey, Bama Nation, make a push for uh, Jalen here. I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, Oklahoma absolutely was big winner because of Bama. Also knocking. Obviously, Baylor out from the ranks of unbeaten, and also they had Minnesota lose this weekend. So uh, both both good outcomes from uh, for Oklahoma, with Baylor Minnesota uh, both losing. Both of those teams, I think, you know, they saw their playoff hopes disappear like police mm-hmm. reports in Auburn. So they're done. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so let's let's go to losers, and I, you know the rankings have come out. We'll discuss those a little bit towards the end. I didn't even see what Oklahoma was ranked, uh, but I'm sure they moved up. They they essentially had to move up due to teams ahead of them losing and them beating uh, an undefeated. But losers, uh, we've got two losers, and the Tom's going to leave with the first one. And, and it, no shocker here, even though we won and covered easily, which I said we would, uh, Bama is a loser because Tua. Yeah, they lost on so many levels Saturday. 
With Tua getting hurt, not only do their on-the-field chances uh, against good competition suffer, they'll also lose the perception battle for the playoffs if they can get by Auburn. You know, I thought it would be hard for them to get in over the Pac-12 champ, assuming they had one loss, but this will be extra fuel for the committee to leave them out. They can simply say, you know, hey, it's close, but with two out, Bama's a lesser team than they were all season. You know what? They'll be right. I mean, they, that point will be undisputable. Mm-hmm. I mean, two is such an unbelievable player. Saturday, his her first half drives went touchdown, 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 and then he had the crazy injury. That that was his drive, and you know, and, and I went back and looked at this. They brought Mac in. Now Mac only got the only got the QB three drives in the second half. That that's kind of crazy. Where we had the ball six times in the first hand, we, first half, we got it three times in the second half, and the last drive was a milk milk the clock garbage drive. You know, we had backup third fourth string running backs in there or whatnot so i didn't even count the 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 last drive but when mac played his two drives in the second half where he was still just running the offense he had almost the exact same play call in his two and i'm not saying play like each individual play per chance i'm just i'm just making the point that he passed the ball as frequently as Tua did on his drives, and they run the ball as frequently as they did with Tua in. It was almost dead down the center. I think it was, you know, 13 to 12 pass-run ratio for Tua, and then it was just two and two for Mac because he only had the couple of drives. But, uh, you know, it was, it, it, was, it was pretty telling that they were letting him run at least a similar style of offense. But the other telling thing was when two is going TD, 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 Max going field goal punt, punt, you know. So I don't know. We'll see if the play calling changes going fo- forward. And Bama's got two weeks to figure it out before the Auburn game. But, you know, I'm guilty of this just like our fans are. We have a, a mentality of playoffs or bust with our recent track record. And, you know, it's hard to blame us for sure. But, uh, you know, I don't know. We we dove into this last week about, or maybe the week before last, about how difficult and how many dominoes needed to fall our way to get in the playoffs. But that road's even steeper now uh, due to the injury. So it's hard to keep Bam off the losers list because of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it's it's just sad. We'll cover it. You know, our, our meaningless topic of the day is definitely going to be just a. a an homage to Tua, or at least mine is. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say as well. But, you know, just uninspired football in the second half, which is sad because I felt like after the loss at LSU, versus LSU, I'm like, man, where's the team's mentality at? Man, we were we were excited to be out there. Mississippi State is not a terrible team. I mean, they, you know, they're definitely lower half of the SEC. But, you know, we, it's not Arkansas. I mean, they had their way with Arkansas. And, you know, we're running roughshod over these guys, man. We're, we're pepping our step. And, uh, you know, what about 22? 22 has improved yeah. his draft stock probably by two rounds in the last two weeks. And just such a deflator. So, with with Mac, you know, with us doing field goal, going field goal, punt, punt, I had no idea when we only had the ball three times. I, I'm not upset nor worried about that at all because we, we knew Tua was out for the year and – I can't imagine even having to go back out there and play and coach. And and we did a good job of holding them to uh, 
Well, I guess we held them scoreless, didn't we? 30, 35 did. seven at half, and uh, which we yeah, only got the three. But final. yeah, but yeah. that's uh, it's just hammered that ass <clears throat> in the second half. Yeah, I have a lot more to say on a meaningless topic. Uh, the second loser today is Auburn. Auburn lost. Uh, that's it. That's that's the segment. <laughs> I love it. You know, make no mistake about it, Georgia's defense is impressive, but Auburn's made a habit of making other teams' defenses look good this year. Did you know that Auburn's only managed to score 30 points against three teams this year? Mm-hmm. You want to guess who they are? Yeah, it's the the three. They're three losses, and you know, highly ranked teams: LSU, no, Florida. No, 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 no. And, uh, I'm saying, I'm saying, how many times they've exceeded thirty points on offense? Oh, oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Guess. No, I do not know. I do not know. Mississippi State and Arkansas, the two juggernauts from the uh, SEC, and Kent. Those are the three teams that Auburn's managed to put up thirty against. In every other game, they've been below thirty. Uh, which also includes the likes of Tulane and Ole Miss. There, I mean, there's no way to c- cut this. This offense is not good. If Georgia wouldn't have went prevent the second half when they're up 21 to nothing, I don't think Auburn scores in that game. And and, and Auburn's at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the two losses prior to the Georgia game, I, I'm sure you heard as as much of this as I did from their fan base last week about them making a run for the playoffs with two losses. You know, they were they were going, well, we can oh, beat yeah. Georgia and Alabama at home. I mean, that that was a stretch. And, and they'll have a much better chance of knocking off Bama now. But, I mean, that offense is pitiful. And yeah. yet again, Auburn will be denied a spot in the playoffs with three losses. They'll, I mean, they'll be assured a, a bowl game less than Alabama, even if they beat Alabama. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be higher ranked with less losses. Just like everybody knows, the Iron Bowl doesn't matter. So I'm not sure this is what the family envisioned for this year, and that'll likely be at least two or three years before they're highly competitive again. I mean, they practically lose every defensive lineman and every offensive lineman on the entire roster. So this has got to be a kick in the gut for those guys. Yeah, it does. Um I didn't think you would be that uh, long-winded, Tom. Uh, I, I was. They. Uh, it's just. I just wanted to say Auburn lost, so we got that out of the way. All right, on to the meaningless topic of the day, and uh, maybe we should change it this week to the meaningful topic of the day. But rest in peace, Tua's uh, time at Alabama. Yeah, I tell you, I saw the quote of the week. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you you saw it too. It was from Saban. Saban said he had called him Saturday night to cheer him up and uh, and and to end up cheering him up. You mm-hmm. know that's the epitome of Tua. Every time you see him, he's smiling, laughing. Even these pictures of him in the hospital bed, videos, whatever. I mean, the guy's a positive influence in all those around him. I mean, hell, Deb's an Auburn fan and she adores the little dude. Mm-hmm. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen at Alabama, and it ain't close. Now, I did I did start thinking about this a little more, though. I started thinking, how will history view Tua's legacy? You know, this is an interesting question for me as a Bama fan, and it's a little bit of a disheartening one. Tua, like I said, is the best quarterback I've ever seen at Alabama. He has all the tools, and he put them on display every Saturday. 
mean, he reads the field like a hawk. He has pinpoint accuracy on his throws. He's a complete Lex Luger. But I was thinking, in 10, 20 years, when I tried to uh, describe Tua and his impact on Alabama football, there will be a glaring hole. You know, that conversation will start for me saying, yeah, Tua played for Nick Saban, who had put together what was the most dynastic run in the history of college football. So you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks in college football playing for the greatest coach in college football during the most unbelievable and impressive dynasty in college football. I'll also throw in that to a quarterback, the most prolific offense to ever touch the field at the university and one of the most prolific two-year runs for any offense in the country. That person will inevitably ask me how many national titles did he lead. Sadly, that answer is zero. Unbelievably, it's zero. I mean, his historic second 26 TD throw to beat Georgia was for Jalen Hurts' Bama team. Tua never started a game yep. that year. You know, he gets a ring with all the other players, and but and we don't win a championship without him. Make no mistake about that. That's not in question. But it wasn't his team. You know, he didn't start the year, and he didn't navigate the season like the the regular starters do. He didn't man his own team until last year, 2018. And I'll tell you this. He had what most people were calling the greatest college football team ever until the championship game last year. I mean, they they smoked everybody, and that was that was all him, too. Um, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence played the game that he's never been able to repeat, and he, and he stole that from Tua. I mean, he really did. He was denied his place in history that day. And not only that, he was denied the Heisman last year, like we talked about, when he clearly deserved it and was the best quarterback in the nation by far. His Achilles heel then and now, of course, are injuries. So he began his second year with a quest for the title and had Bama clicking on all cylinders again until, again, injuries, you know. He was less than 100% against LSU and still almost beat him single-handedly. I mean, he really did. I mean, he, he fumbled the ball there uh, in the first drive, but that had no bearing on the rest of the game. I mean, he, he, put, he put the team on the shoulders and had a, one score from winning that game. Mm-hmm. And here we are a week later. It's over. You know, he, he won't get the title he deserved. He won't get the Heisman he deserved. He'll have to live with the unending adoration of a fan base that will forever be indebted to the way he played the game. I'm going to tell you, he was fun to watch, and I can't wait to draft him on the Team Woodshed next year. Go to a <laughs> Oh, well put, well put. And um, I, I, I've written mine out, and I'm terrible at, at trying to do this podcast with my all my notes written out because I sound like I'm reading, but it's too much to cover to, for me to remember. A third and long in Starkville is how Tua's career came to an end, not in January in New Orleans like we all had hoped, but on a chilly, chilly, sunny day in November against a team that couldn't have beaten us if we'd started Slade Bolden and ran the Wildcat the entire day, and I firmly believe that. I'm not going to throw Saban under the bus for playing him, but I am going to, too, for putting him back in for that last fateful drive. Three plays – if the snap lands, if that third down snap lands at his feet, we fall on it and do what we did anyway. That drive, we punt, and here is why I'm placing the blame on Saban. Okay, <clears throat> Tom, you have played sports, and I know you do CrossFit type exercises now. 
and you know I've, i have been active my whole life and eventually you get some injury sometimes it's major sometimes it's minor you know at our age nothing ever feels 100 uh, percent, especially working out i mean my shoulder's always hurting or my wrist or my forearm okay so you hurt your wrist and you're like well it's not hurt too bad i can i think i can still go i think i can still do this exercise or i can still lift this if you know maybe it's at work and what you do is you overcompensate you know like just say it's your right wrist well you're going to lift heavier with your left arm to protect your right wrist a couple three days later you're like dang my left arm is killing me you know what what's happening you think back you're like oh yeah yeah my right wrist was hurting so i had to overcompensate and I firmly believe that's what happened. Uh, this is not going to be a popular take. I should have probably outlined this uh, at, from the get-go because everybody's like, ah, oh, you got to play them. All the former players on Twitter like, y'all don't understand the game. Well, And I don't understand the game. But I know this. When we had a loss, when we got saddled with a loss, we, like you said, playoffs are bust. We had to try to get ourselves in the playoffs. And the number one way to get in the playoffs was a healthy Tua come December the 1st. And now we don't have that. I mean, me, I would have sat him for Mississippi State. I would have sat him for Western Carolina the entire game. And I would have had him 100%, as close to 100% as I could for Auburn. Because I promise you, if we beat Mississippi State by 14 with Mac, we beat Western Carolina by 28 with Mac, we're going to be in the exact same position that we would be in uh, if Tua was healthy and, and now that he's not. So uh, uh, there's not going to be another one. Oh, anyway, back to the back to my point. I feel like when he was tackled, it's his right hip, if I'm not mistaken, that's out of place, and it was his right angle, ankle that was hurt. And I feel like when he was tackled, and no basis to back this up, by the way, this is just my opinion, I think when he's tackled, he was probably, oh, crap, i got to protect my ankle, got to protect my ankle. And he protected his ankle and in the meantime hurt his hip because he was overcompensating for trying to to protect that ankle because it was not 100%. It wasn't 100% for LSU. And it's not that he shouldn't have been playing, but – you know, he he is he has uh, extended the play for better or for worse. You know, he extended the play against Georgia uh, in the overtime, and he got sacked in second 26, and then he hit the pass. And I think all the time he was never concerned about first and 10, oh, I get sacked second 19, no big deal. I can still drop a dime, and he, and he could. And it ultimately it's going to end his career at Bama. And uh, there won't be another one like him. Uh, Auburn has searched for the next Cam Newton for nine years. They hadn't found him. Uh, Virginia Tech searched for the next Michael Vick. I, maybe they've finally given up on that for about 20 years. He, he's not out there. I know we have his brother. I know we got Bryce Young committed, and we'll have a, most definitely a good quarterback uh, in the 2021 class. But he was our generation's Namath and Stabler, and now he's gone, and it just plain sucks. It does suck. I will. I will tell you this though. <clears throat> I don't. I don't agree with uh, the Saban blame. I know there are two camps on that. But if you've ever listened to Saban, not this year, not last year, just from the beginning of his tenure, and this is one thing that makes Saban successful, is that he treats every single opponent of every single game as someone who can beat him. And that's just his mentality. And if that game against Mississippi State was a game against LSU or Auburn or whoever else, two is going to play in that game. 
And so if it's Mississippi State or if it's, you know, uh, Hillcrest High School over here in Tuscaloosa, two is playing until Saban feels comfortable enough where that game is, is gone and he can he can put in the reserves. And so uh, he's always had that mentality. He's not going to change it for one player. He's not going to change it for one game. That's what makes him really good. But, yeah, hey. Do I wish Tua went in there? Absolutely. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yeah. I knew going into that game, and I talked to somebody beforehand and said the exact same thing. I said, I will be super surprised if Tua doesn't play because of what I just said. You yeah. know, and, and it's and won us a lot sure of ball games. I mean, there. you cannot argue with the process. It has won multiple national championships, multiple conference championships, and a ton of games. So, uh I just I wished uh you know I you know Saban denied that Tua politic to get back in. Well, it sure looked like it on the sideline. It looked like he was begging to go back in, like just one more drive, just one more drive. And I mean, it just it's his it's his last one, and you know his career. The the silver lining in all this is um, his last career pass, and Bryant Denny went for a touchdown. That's pretty sweet. Uh, as did yep. Jalen Hurts against Auburn. So uh, you know. Two, two of the best ones we've had on the team. And, um, you know, they just happened to be there at the same time and Jalen decided to leave and, and don't blame him and hats off to him. Like I said, I hope he wins the Heisman. But uh, it, it is a, it's a sad day. And like you said, he's so popular. You know, even with T- – I, I didn't like Tebow because he was so just look at me, look at me. But, I mean, the guy was phenomenal. And he, you know, you you had to nitpick to find something not to like about him because he was a stand-up guy, and Tua is the same way. And Tua is not look at me, look at me. It's all about the team, uh, you know. And I mean, opposing fan bases, you know, outside of Georgia, who probably can't stand him in Auburn, and I, he never t- gets to take a snap at Auburn. Yeah. You know, Auburn never gets that's, to that's experience true. Tua unleashed, and that just that, that sucks. But uh, anyway. Uh, we love you, bro. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast. But if you are, <laughs> uh, get well soon. <laughs> All right, let's move on to game of the week. Uh, we've really just got one this week. SEC is taking this is this is their uh, shit through a tin horn weekend. You know, as Saban so eloquently put it, three, four, five years ago. Uh, we have Ohio State versus Penn State, and uh, lines eighteen. I feel like the lines out of whack. You know, I really had Penn State winning this game when we still had a shot at the playoffs. But now I, I feel like everything that needed to line up is going to line up. I see Oklahoma winning this one. And I see a little bit of chaos at the end as far as, um, you know, what do we put in. I mean, it's not going to shock me if Oregon or Utah loses. It's not going to shock me if uh, Oklahoma drops another game. You know, uh, LSU needs to win the SEC. I think everything lines up now. But we're left out because we're not one of the top four teams, and I, I don't believe we are. Uh, we hadn't really talked about that, but the top three tonight were Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and LSU. I think had the rever- exact reverse order there, one, two, and three. And there's no way we're favored by either one, any of those teams uh, on a neutral field. And then Georgia, on new, new, all these neutral field games, Georgia favored over us, Oregon favored over us, Utah favored over us. I mean, I, that's just the way I feel. I might be totally off, but I do not see us – um as a top four team without Tua so uh I like Ohio State to win this one based on they're gonna they're just got superior athletes at more positions than than Penn State 
And uh, I, but I do like uh, Penn State to stay under the number. I feel like this line should be 14, 14 and a half, and it's a tad too high for my liking. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, before I get into my Ohio State spiel, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you about neutral field lines. I'm sure this will come out soon. I would hope it would. People will start speculating toward the end of the end of the year. But I agree. We would likely be underdogs to LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, probably Georgia. I don't think so. Pick them at worst. Uh, we'd, we'd be favorites over Utah and Oregon. Uh, right now before Mac ever plays a game. Now, he goes out there and lights it up, it changes. He goes out there and stinks it up, it changes. But right now, before he ever plays a game, I still think we're favored over Oregon, Utah, and Georgia. And it's a close one with Clemson. Uh, definitely dogs to Ohio State and, and LSU. But Ohio State, particularly we favored this weekend. This, uh, this time next week, are we favored over Auburn? Yes, we'll 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 go to Auburn. Uh, I'm gonna say about a three point favorite. Okay. You don't think? I'll be surprised. I mean, Georgia was two and a half point favorites, and Georgia's ranked ahead of us now. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one and a half to maybe Auburn favored. Yeah, we'll see. Um, game of the week ain't much of one. Ohio State, Penn State. This this game doesn't even count. It's like the Iron Bowl. This doesn't even count on Ohio State's march to the playoffs. They, uh, you know, they have enough cushion at this point. They could drop this game and still get in, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. And and Penn State pulling off the upset would be just one win against lowly Rutgers from getting to the Big Ten title game, which would spoil a lot of one ho- lost hopes and dreams. All, all the teams we just mentioned would would likely be behind Penn State if they were to win the Big Ten with a uh, win over Ohio State. So oh, we yeah. really need Ohio State to win this game. Uh, it's the last chance to upset that apple cart for Ohio <laughs> State will be this week. Uh, if uh, even if Ohio State wins this week and then loses to Michigan, they still hold all the tiebreakers and then and would be the East rep in the title game. So this is the game that 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 we need. Uh, two top ten heavyweights slugging it out for the spot in the Big Ten title game. This is where they both led all the line. You know, instant classic in the making. <laughs> oh, come on, who are we fooling here? Ohio State's nineteen point favorite. They might cover that in the first half. Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. They all play round robin against each other, and they squeak out games, one score or the other, whatever. But when any of them so far have hit the field against Ohio State, it's good night. This one won't be any different. Uh, so we differ on the uh, on the the line. Then you're saying Ohio State gets them. I'm saying Penn State was within the number. So we'll see. Be interesting to talk about next week. All right. In a so shocking turn of events, Tom went one and one on the week for gambling on uh, the <laughs> betting purposes, and I as well went one for one. So uh, who? You, what's the two you had? I didn't write them down. Uh, I had Missouri plus the seven and a half versus Florida, which was a back and forth game in the whole first half, and and Florida scored a couple of late points to put it away, so they did not get there. But I did have Iowa taking down the undefeated Minnesota Gophers. 
and that was a, a good solid play. So that put me at my traditional one in one spot for the year. <laughs> I had uh, I had Bama, which covered easily, and I went back and listened to the podcast. I had that score at forty two to fourteen, and if uh, if Tua doesn't get hurt, I think it's going to be very close to that, which we would have just had to score another touchdown instead of a field goal. But heck, we probably you know Tua was not going to play in the second half. And um, it, it would have been very close to, to covering. I had Oklahoma covered nine and a half. Uh, they were lucky to win the game. I'm glad they did. I had they saved me a tease uh, rolling into Sunday, so I was one and one as well. Uh, what do you got on uh, Lions Ventures for this week? I got A and M plus the thirteen and a half versus Georgia. I think this is too too big of a number. A&M's not a bad team. They played well the last three weeks. They actually just cracked back into the top 25, if you uh, notice that, too. So uh, look for them to possibly, possibly, possibly have a chance to win this one outright. That would be very good for us, by the way. Because uh, the, the worst-case scenario, two worst-case scenarios lingering out there right now, Penn State beats Ohio State or Georgia beating LSU in the title game. If we could get Georgia a, a loss here, that, that takes that domino out of play. So yeah. I got A&M. Uh, my other one, I'm going for uh, another heart play here. I'll take Arizona State plus the 14 over Oregon. It's probably wishful thinking, but Arizona State's at home here. I think they put up some points against this Oregon defense. It won't be a lot, but it it, it may be enough. This this will be Oregon's last test too before the uh, uh, Pac-12 title game. So we'll see if uh, if they can go on the road and get it done one more time. But I, I like Arizona State plus the fourteen in this one as well. Uh, for the first time, I think possibly all year, you took one of my games off the board. I also had A&M plus 13, so you know what that means, betting public. Take Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my two, I've got a UAB minus 5.5 versus Louisiana Tech. I think UAB gets it done at home. And then I've got Miami minus 20 versus Florida International. I think that's at a neutral site if I was reading the, uh, the betting card right. Um, surely to goodness Miami – has enough gumption to beat them by 21 points. We shall see it. Not a lot of confidence in this game, so play these at your uh, at your own uh, own peril. Uh, Instagram model of the week. Her name is at Bianca. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I don't even know what her last name is. I can tell you how to find her on Instagram though. <laughs> it's at B I A N C A. The letter K. M-I-E-C. It's like K-Mike or something. But uh, she is a beaut, and she's only 21 years old. So she's probably hitting the pubs early and often, just have just now been allowed to get in. I sent you a picture of her, Tom. How does she stack up to Deb? That was too sad to look at it, buddy. Sorry, I have no comment. Well, you, to, uh, you to missed, broke me down all weekend. You missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, she might not have been above Dale, but she's definitely above the horse that we put on here. Definitely not above <laughs> Ass Alley, though. I've still got Ass Alley running a, a strong second behind Dale. So yeah, we're gonna have to uh, rank all these uh, Instagram models at the end of the year. Yeah, we can do that. Ass Alley's <laughs> my leader in the clubhouse behind Dale. We'll throw Dale out because she doesn't count. So we'll have to go from uh, from Ass Alley down. 
All right, that wraps us up today. Wow, we're we're under time. I guess uh, we were so sad with two, we just didn't talk it much tonight. It was a sad podcast. So, uh, <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, all right, if you're traveling from Sanford to Auburn this weekend, oh, man, I, I just can't do it anymore, man. I miss Tua. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm done. All you right. need to close... You need to throw your signature clothes out and then cut record, dude. I'm not, I'm not even sure I can get that out. Take it <laughs> easy, guys. Pray for Tua. Pray for Tua. When you find yourself alone, your demons come alive, and your mind is not your own. Now it is a night.